Bible because it's drink. I love the Bible because it's a mirror. I love the Bible because it keeps me clean. Sure. But I love the Bible also. A couple other thoughts about this that just come to my mind. Good. In the book of Jeremiah, it speaks about the fact that um, this uh, Jeremiah 23, you need not turn to it, 23 verse 29, says, Is not thy word like a hammer? Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know how many of you used a hammer, and I'm, I'm familiar with someone challenged me on this a while ago. I said, well, we use nail guns now. Well, I still use a hammer, okay? <laughs> and I got lots of hammers around the house. I got a bag of hammers. What did I do? Did I do something wrong here? Okay, we've got to make an adjustment here. I think I opened my... Yeah, put it up there. Will it stay up there? I won't move my notes, I promise. I do use notes because if I didn't, we'd be here all day, okay? So I have another line to follow. But what do you do with a hammer? You build with a hammer, amen? Right. That's what you, you use a hammer to build. Sure. So, how many of you have ever been in a place where uh, at nighttime someone's decided in the building next to you, or maybe it's an apartment or a condo, someone's decided to do something on the wall next door and they're banging on the wall. And it's 11 o'clock at night, they're hanging a picture. Their wife's looking back and saying, no, a little bit to the left. And they, they, can't, they can't find the hammer, so they take their shoe off and use their shoe, you know, something silly like that. I've done that. But all I'm saying is this, by that, when the Bible says, is not thy word like a hammer, what does a hammer do? A hammer builds. So when you use the word of God, there's some people you're going to annoy. Huh? That's true. Yeah. And they're going to say, oh, you, well, oh, you know the expression, oh, you Bible thumper. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and so right. don't let it bother you. Pre preachers covered this already this morning about uh, Sunday and uh, the, the Lord's Day and being in church and the Bible and all that stuff. Don't let it bother you at all if it bothers somebody else that you're using the Bible. You're using it correctly, I'm talking about. Sure. And using the Bible, too. I'm talking about that. Also, something else in that same verse. I venture to say that every one of us in this room at one time or another, I'm not judging, I'm speaking for myself, we've grown cold. Just go, you go to church, you go through the emotions, you go through the motions and the emotions, you sing the songs, uh, but you're not, really, you're not really there. You're there, but you're not there, you know. And you listen to the message, it's, oh, it's okay. Uh, and so on. you just grow cold. Or maybe you grow so cold you don't even come to church. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the truth is what the Bible says, says, is, listen to this, is not thy word like a fire? You know what a fire does? A fire warms you up. I learned when I was a kid. I'm so, I'm so old that we used a wood stove at our place when I was a kid. And I learned that uh, it warms you up two ways. One is when you're chopping and splitting the wood, that warms you up yeah, even on a cold right. day. Amen? Yeah. If you've done that, you know. And then you start the fire, that warms you up. So all I'm saying is, the, uh, the, the fire will warm you up. The Word of God will... Get into the Bible and read. Amen. read get into the Bible and read. Read, read John. Uh, read the, the book of Psalms. Read something Amen. that's simple and easy to understand. And so on. Don't get caught up in something that, that's, uh, that, that you can't quite understand yet, but just read the Bible. Jesus said, or the, the, I'm sorry, his disciples said this about Jesus. Did not our hearts burn within us when he read to us from the Scriptures? And I'm not talking about heartburn from pizza. Amen? You know that, surely. And so understand the Bible does great things for you. So don't, don't you love the Bible? If you love the Bible, you have to love Jesus. This is the, well, what does the sign language say? Jesus book. This is the book of Jesus from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. So I, I, love, I love the Bible. I think everyone in, would, in this room would admit that this morning. You love the Bible. Well, if you love the Bible, you're going to love Jesus. Amen? Don't you love him? And the, and the truth is, if you love Jesus, 
you're going to love the church. Because Jesus, the Bible says that Christ died for the church. And so we're going to love the church. You know, this, this is a sad statement, but most people go to church nowadays, in this day and time, most people go to church to be entertained, not to have their life changed. But you ought to, you and I ought to, come to church with the idea that, you know, the specials are great. The, you, you folks sing, my soul, you love to sing, and it, it's very evident, and that's a good thing. Uh, singing is great. The musicians are great. The preaching is great. I understand all that. But the truth is, you ought to love the institution that Christ died for. Amen? You ought to love the church. You don't come here to be entertained. You come here to have a change made in your life because the, the, the Bible says from glory to glory, he's changing me. The Christian life will always be changing one way or the other. Either you'll be going in the right direction or the wrong direction. It's not stagnant. It keeps on the move. So with that in mind, I want to do something this morning I think is, will be helpful to us. Psalm number 84. Psalm number 84. Let me read several verses. I'm going to read Psalm number 84. What a, what a uh, verse. All the word of God is good. This speaks to my heart this morning. Look what it says. Psalm 84, verse number 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Verse number 4. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. Selah, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are thy ways of them. Look at verse number seven. They go from strength to strength. We mentioned that. Even one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah, behold, O God, our shield and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy court is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord will give thee grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Let's have a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, this morning I pray that you'd work in our hearts. I pray that you'd help me as I speak and help those that are uh, sitting in this room this morning to listen as the message is given as we look at the Word of God. I pray, dear God, that right now we'd consider the fact that there's something, there's something in our lives that this morning you would like to change, you would like us to work on. I pray we'd be open to that. I pray that we'd, we'd listen with our ears, our spiritual ears, as the Holy Spirit convicts, and we'd be drawn in that good direction that is well-pleasing to you, for it's in your name I pray. Amen. Now, Amen. as we read this psalm here a few moments ago, it's very evident uh, by what we just read that the psalmist who, who wrote this is enthused and extremely blessed by where he is. The Bible speaks about a place, it speaks about a dwelling place, it speaks about a tabernacle, it speaks about a place of blessing all the way through that. Now I do realize this is Old Testament, 
But he's talking about meeting with the Lord. He's talking about worshiping with the Lord. And this is Old Testament where it talks about temple, talks about tabernacle. It talks about the courts of the Lord. It talks about the house of the Lord. How many of you call this? It's a motorcycle repair shop. But today, you know what? This is the house of the Lord. Make that claim right there. God is meeting with us today in this place, whether we smell engine oil from motorcycles or not. I don't smell it, but... All I'm saying is, I like the smell, matter of fact, because I'm an old bike guy. But uh, the truth is that this, this is the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse number one, need not turn to it, but the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. A meeting place with God, Amen. a temple, a tabernacle. Now, in New Testament times, I'm sure you understand that God dwells in you. Back then, they had to go to a place called a tabernacle or a tent. And there they going in a tent to meet with God. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. However, now the Bible speaks about the fact that he lives in us. Matter of fact, Ephesians 4, 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's where God dwells. Colossians 1, 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then 1 Timothy, you know this verse. 1 Timothy 3, 15. If I tarry long, that thou mayest know uh, how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God. This is the Apostle Paul writing in the New Testament. How you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Well, how about that? Matthew 16, verse 18. And I say unto you, uh, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the promise of God, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Understand that. You have been through some battles like I have been through some battles, yet the Bible makes a promise the gates of hell will not win over the church. It's a promise that God gives. And today I'm talking about the church, and I ask this question. Do you love your church? Uh, Thank you for those three amens. <laughs> Let's try that again. Do you love your church? Amen. There you go. That, now we're getting there. That's a little bit better. Maybe we can just have the invitation and go home. Somebody say amen to that. Do you love your church? Let's talk about this morning. Let's talk about the house of God. But not only the house of God, let's talk about the God of the house. Amen? You drive up and down the streets around here, you'll see a church that says it's a church, and maybe it has house of God on the place, but God doesn't dwell in there, in that place, unless the book is there, unless Jesus is there. So how about the the God of the house? And then also, let's talk about the people of God at the house. That's you and me right now. Aren't you glad for your church? You see, in New Testament days, I'm sorry, in Old Testament days, they didn't meet in a building like we have today. We're very blessed. I know, I understand the struggles. I've been there too. We met over the years, I think, in nine different buildings in a total of 30 years. And just like like a gypsy or like the, my dad used to say, like the children of Israel, meeting in a different place every day. You don't know where you're meeting. But the truth is, Wherever you assemble, you're a Christian. Wherever you assemble as a group of people, that's where the church is, right there. And so, uh, understand, that parking lot, seashore, oh, I don't know if this is an encouraging message or not. You're, you're big and, and raising money to get your own building, and I'm saying it's okay to meet on the beach. It's okay to meet in the parking lot. It's okay to meet down at the mall. It's okay to meet in a field. It's okay to meet in a tent. Hey, a lot better to meet in a tent. Matter of fact, we read about this a while ago. Let me focus in on the verse. Uh, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Where else are you going to go Right. if you don't go to church? Where are you going to go to get help? Where are you going to go to hear about the gospel? Where are you going to go to be encouraged? 
Where are you going to go to be able to sing at the top of your lungs and nobody hauls you away in a wagon? I mean, just kidding. But the truth is, where are you going to go and do that? You're going to be able to do that at church. Do you love your church? Well, there's several things that I find fascinating, and I'm going to, I'm going to move fast with this this morning because I've got a lot of material here. But look at, look at the psalm again. There's several things that I love about this particular psalm. Look at verse number one, for example. For example, the Bible says, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. The word, the word amiable means, it means lovely. It means wonderful. It means, uh, it means therapeutic. It, it's, it, you, you could be in jail this morning, but you're at the church where God is this morning. You're meeting with God, and you're meeting with God's people. I spoke about the God of the house and also at God's house, and you are part of God's people. So today, think about that. This is a lovely place. Can you agree with me this morning? This is a lovely place. And look at verse number two. This is a longed-for place. It's a longed-for place. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Aren't you glad you're in church today? You see, what he's saying is, I can't wait to get down to the church house. I can't wait to get to church. I want to be at church here. I want to be with God. Psalm 42 says this. And you not turn to it, but it says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Yes, you can meet. You can meet God by yourself out in the woods. You can do that if you want to. You can meet with God in the kitchen. You can meet with God down by the lake. You can meet with God down at the shopping mall, I'm sure, but there's no place. Listen to me. There's no place like the local church. You go down, go down to the shopping mall, and yes, you can sit there and pray and meditate and so on, but just stand to your feet and say, okay, everybody take your songbooks and turn to 394. We're going to sing, Washed in the Blood. They're going to take you out of the building. Yeah. Amen. But you can do that at church. You can testify. You can stand and raise a hand and say, I just want to say this morning that God has, has blessed my life greatly. Amen. Huh? Yeah, you can do that down at the local church. You see, it's a long-for place. Do you desire? I know the Sunday morning crowd's here, so you do desire. But do you desire to be at church every time the doors are open? I mean, do you desire that? Here, it's long for the psalmist said, he said, hey, this is a lovely place. He also, he said, this is a long for place. I long to be in the presence of God. Now, I know God is always present with you. However, when we're gathered like this, this is a different kind of meeting. When you're, uh, when, when you're, brethren, we have met to worship Amen. and adore the Lord our God. Amen. All's in vain Amen. unless the spirit of the Holy One come down. Amen. This is a special place right here. And the psalmist is talking about that. And look at verse number four. This is a lively place. I like this. So it's a lovely place. It's a long for place. They're all L's this morning because uh, L's, Larry starts with L and that's my name. So No, that's not true. That's a selfish thing, but... Uh, look at verse number four. The Bible says, Blessed are they that dwell in the house. They will be still praising thee. Hallelujah. <laughs> praising you. Okay? This is a lively place. This is not a place where we come in and it's, it, it, it's almost like a, a, a funeral service in here. And we're having a Sunday morning. It's the Lord. We don't mind saying hallelujah. Again, anywhere else you do that, people are going to look at you funny. But you can do that here. Now, Unfortunately, sometimes there's people look at you funny when you say that at church. That should not be the way. But this is a lively place. Praising God in song, praising God in testimony. Isn't that good? I mean, you give your testimony, others are rejoicing in your testimony. How about uh, praising God? In other ways, praising God during the preaching, praising God during the giving. Doesn't the Bible say that we ought to uh, give uh, cheerfully and so on? 
Hallelujah, I get to give it all away again. Uh, that's a stretch right there. But all I'm saying is we have reason to rejoice. Amen. It's, it's a place of rejoicing. It's not a dead place. It's a, and, and I know sometimes if, if you have some first-time visitors and they're not quite used to people enjoying themselves at church, they may look at you a bit unusual. We met, you may remember this, we met in a, a, a church building we rented from some people, and, and it was very, very formal and very staid and very quiet, you know, when you come in, uh, uh, pray, but when you pray, whisper a prayer and, and so on. Well, I invited a fellow to church, and he came out to church, and he came out an hour too early, and they got in the other service. And then when the service was over, uh, he saw us coming into the building and setting up and so on. And so we had our service, and so he came back in. He said, I think I got the right group. And he said to me this, no kidding, I'm Mrs. Arbo, you're my witness. He said, when I came to that first service again to the wrong service, he said, I thought it might have been a funeral service. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I like, I, I like um, uh, peace and I like uh, formality has its place, all that stuff. But I mean, we ought to be. I, I'm thankful. Hey, at my age, I'm thankful to be anywhere, but I'm rejoicing being at the Anchor Baptist Church today. I mean, uh, I've, done, I've done some marathons in my day, but coming up those stairs is a big marathon. Amen. <laughs> So I'm just glad, and I'm, all I'm saying is I'm glad to be in church because it's where God's people meet, you see. So I'm, I'm excited about the fact that this is a lively place. And by the way, you can always enjoy it. You enjoy Sunday morning. You enjoy Sunday night. Uh, you enjoy Wednesday night. You enjoy whatever services, that ladies' meeting. I'd like to, is that going to be online? I'd like to see that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, there's too much sadness in the world. That's right. Just enjoy yourself being in church. And that's what he's saying here. This is amazing. And then it's, it's not only a lively place, not only a long-for place, but you know what? It's a lifting place. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5, wow. Isn't the Bible wonderful? Yes. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, speaking of God, in whose heart are the ways of them. Look at verse number 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before the Lord. In other words, strength to strength. You know, when you're, uh, how many, don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you have a gym membership or you used to have a gym membership? And so when you get out of the gym and you work out, do you have a gym membership? <laughs> you work out and you're at it all the time and so on. And you know what? One day you're, you're, you feel pretty weak, but you, you continue to go and you continue to lift and you continue to, to work out and so on. And then a few days later, you've gone from one strength to another strength. That's what he's talking about here. So it's a place of lifting. Let me ask you this question. Don't you get strength when you come to church and hear the preaching of the word of God Amen. and the singing of the word of God? And uh, that's all. love lifted me. Good. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that good? It's a lifting place. It's a place where, it's a place where you, you come in sometimes. I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to me. You come in the place and you're, just, you're spiritually weak. And the pastor gets up and he says, open your Bibles whatever portion, preaches a message, and it's like a spiritual B12 shot, yeah. like that. You've got some energy you didn't have when you come in the place. I guarantee you'll walk out this place better than when you come in, or helpful, helped more, I should yeah. say, than when you came in. That's what, that's what he's talking about here. Isn't this great? A lifting place, a lovely place. Well, pay attention, Larry. Verse number 8, the Bible says it's a listening place. Look at verse number 8. Wow. The Lord... God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. 
God answers prayer. Amen. So it's Amen. a place, it, it's a listening place where God is listening. Oh, how many times, how many times have you sat, as you did this morning in a sense, uh, when, when preacher said, it's time to have a little bit of prayer, and you sat and you prayed with someone else. I don't know about you, but my wife and I prayed together right there. And I was I was blessed by the, by a few minutes to pray to call out to the Lord and ask for some help and and ask for some strength and ask for some uh, blessings and ask for whatever you need. It's a good thing that God listens. The Bible says, you know what the Bible says in other Psalms? It says the Lord inclineth His ear when you pray like this. He 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 because He's up there and we're down here. And he bends His ear like this. He says, "Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening." Yeah. It's a listening place. Isn't that great? Amen. Uh, down at the church house, you know, there's cause to rejoice. We rejoice. Hey, do you rejoice in answered prayer? Amen. The church, what did Jesus say? It's a house of prayer. That's why you pray. You say, well, it's a bit unusual to pray in the middle of a church service. No, it's a house of prayer. It's a house of worship. It's a house of rejoicing. It's a happy place. It's a lovely place. And then, oh, my soul, look at verse number See, look at verse number 11. Uh, the Bible says here, it's a, it's a place you get light. Verse number 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So it's a place, hey, you know this to be true. It's a place where you receive light that you did not have otherwise from the Bible, from the Word of God. Here's where you, you're, you're able, Once I was blind, but now I can see. It's a place where you get light. It ought to be. I'm talking about, folks, I think you understand this. I'm talking about a place that preaches the Bible at church service. I mean, open the scriptures and give something that you can take from this place and use it. You don't leave it here. Yes, right. You take it from here yes. and you use it. Yes. On your, on your, that'll, get you, that'll get you through from Monday to Saturday. Then you come back. Oh, you need a, you need a top up Wednesday too, amen? And I don't know about the ladies' meeting, but I think you know, the ladies, that'll help. Amen? And uh, the men will learn how to do some housework while the ladies are out. Yes, that's good. That's a good thing. So understand, it's a place, uh, it's a place of listening. It's a place with great light. The Bible says uh, God gives us light, a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Uh, we hear about the tes testimonies and the songs and so on we sing. Oh, my soul, what a blessing that is. And you get that down at the church house. You might, you know, you might be able to tune in on your iTunes and get some songs, but it's not the same there. Not the same as, as singing in unison down at the church house. Amen. Huh? And then it's a place where we learn to walk with God. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Look again at verse number 11. We read part of the scripture, but look at the, look at the last part of the verse. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So number one, it says God will not withhold anything from you. But there's a qualification attached to that for those that walk uprightly. So you know what that tells me? It tells me that God is going to help me walk right so that he can bless me. Amen. He's going to, he's going to, hey, if, if you let the word of God control you, God will develop your, get this now, your spiritual posture. Yeah, yeah. your spiritual yeah. posture. Yeah. My grandmother, God bless her memory. I guess as a kid, I didn't have the right posture, you know, how you sit slumped sort of slouched and so on. She'd, she'd come in the room, she said, Larry, and I'd stand up because I respected my grandmother. And she said, follow me, up, back, down. She's now stay like that the rest of the day. I'm serious, my grandmother. I mean, 
But you know what? That's a, that's a posture. That's the way it should be. Amen? No, not like this. The Bible speaks of that, doesn't it? About the shoulders. Uh, so understand here that God will help you develop the right spiritual posture. Amen. If you'll follow him, then he says, no good thing will he withhold. So you learn how to walk with God. Here we learn how to walk straight. We learn how to walk clear, clean. We learn how to walk uh, presentable. We learn how to walk pure. We learn how to walk just. We learn how to walk holy. And we, the, the Bible says that, that God leads us, get this now, God leads us in a plain path. Okay, it's not, it's not difficult. And then it's a place, uh, look at verse number 12. It's a place where we lean on God. Oh, oh. Look at verse number 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. <laughs> Did you get that? To lean on God, that's sometimes not easy. Why do you think the, the song in your psalm book says, Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, oh, what does it say? Leaning on the everlasting arms. Someone else wrote a chorus years ago. Learning to lean, learning to, I'm learning to lean on the government. No. I'm learning to lean on my mother. No. I mean, God bless mothers. But mother has to lean on someone too. Sure. And she better determine she's going to lean on God and father and, and young person. You, you young men that was mentioned this morning that are finishing up grade 12, you need to learn to lean on him. Yes. See, he won't let you down years ago. Uh, I'm away from the, hip, from the hippie generation, although I don't think I was a hippie. But who wrote that? Somebody wrote a song and sang, lean on me. I mean, the guy was... Four foot two. He said, lean on me. No, I'm not leaning on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm learning to lean on, on him. That's what it says here. The Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. To trust in someone. To, like I had to, and I said, you've done it too. I, I had to walk with a cane for a bit when I had my surgery. I leaned on that cane. I had to walk crutches. Initially, a walker. And I had, to, I had to lean on that thing to help me up. And you know, 10 times, 10,000 times 10,000, that's exactly what I'm talking about, about leaning on the Lord. I mean, lean all, you can put, hey, you can put all your weight on the Lord. Yeah, lean on him. It's a place where you can lean down at the church house. Do you love your church? Amen. Christ died for the church. That's a, a couple of the thoughts here, and then our time is... Uh, getting away fast, but I just, uh, my soul, <laughs> look at that. What a, what a blessing, what a lesson right there. I mean, what more do you need? You say, well, the church is not perfect. <laughs> I say this, it only became imperfect when you joined. <laughs> no, 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 please. Uh, I, he said I was coming the next couple of weeks. I may not be invited back now. I don't know. <laughs> But you know, there's, there's something else. You notice, probably notice, I skipped over a couple of verses as we were reading. I, I love the church. I've been in church all my life. And I think, I think I could say the same for my wife and you folks too, all your life. Yeah. And th this, is, this is one high-priority institution. Now, the church will not save you, but the Christ of the church will save you. Right. Okay, right. got to get it right. Baptism won't save you. Church membership won't save you, so don't misunderstand this morning. But when you're a believer, this means everything to you. Sure. The church means everything. I'd rather, what did the man say? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God 
than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Well, there's only one place or the other. I just rather, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. God bless you ushers, you doorkeepers. God bless you. You're, that's a special calling right there, amen? amen? But a couple of other things here just as we close. I love the church. Go to church. Verse number three. This, this message, I could say, I guess is for the birds. Look at this, verse number three. Sorry about that, but I'm just enjoying myself, okay? Amen. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house. Where did the sparrow go? The sparrow went down to the church house and spent some time down at the church house. Isn't that interesting? It's a place for sparrows. Now, you see, you see there's nothing in the Bible that, that, that's in there without a purpose. You understand that? This is an every word Bible, and a Bible where everything means something in its, in its context. And you, don't, you know you can go to the New Testament and you can find Jesus talking about sparrows. Now, let me say this very carefully, but very lovingly. A sparrow is known as, a sparrow was known and is known as a worthless bird. It's not, are, are two sparrows sold for a farthing? I don't know. I, I'd like to ask what a farthing is worth. I did look it up and I found it's, it's worth about uh, a quarter of a cent. So that means each sparrow is worth about eight of a cent. That's not very much. A sparrow, just, a sparrow doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, do much for you. A sparrow is a bit of a weak bird. A sparrow is a flighty bird. And a sparrow, oh, this is good. Never thought of this before, Pastor. But uh, the, the, the tweet of a sparrow is not very pleasant. Oh, tweet? How about that? I wonder if it's on Twitter. But all I'm saying is it's, it's a worthless bird. Matthew chapter 10, Luke chapter 12 tells us about that. But it's, uh, it's insignificant. And listen to this. It's insignificant. It's a worthless bird. But it found a place of security. Good. Can I apply Good. that lesson now to us? Good. To this world, you are useless. You're a pain in the neck because you're a believer you have some uh, beliefs and you have some convictions and you depend, you do not depend on, why am I picking on the government? You do not depend on the government. You do not depend on others. You depend on the Lord Jesus Christ and yes. him alone. And be, you become, a you're worthless to the world. You know what I'm saying? And the truth is, before you are saved, you are worthless to yourself. Can I say that? I just did. But under, understand, that's why the bird, the worthless bird, the sparrow, find his way to the church. You see, they may be worthless to the world, they may be worthless to Satan, but they were important to God. And God made a dwelling place. What does the scripture say? Look at it again, please. Verse number three. The Bible says here, Yea, the sparrow hath found a house. Well, it's a good thing to find a house. It's a, a house means a dwelling place, a place to live. So that's a safe place right there. You see, you found a house, and with that house, you found peace. And with that house, you found grace. And with that house, you found joy, and you found solace, and you found mercy, and you found Jesus. Amen. At that house. So, there, and some of you in this room, you say, well, there was a time in my life where I felt worthless. Well, here you go. There's a good example. We're learning from the birds this morning. But this is significant, not something that's just put in to fill the page. Mm -hmm. It's speaking of the fact that a bird, uh, um, and we, we sometimes are hard on the birds, we say, uh, bird brain. Well, that, that, that bird had a pretty good brain to find its way down to the house right. where it could get protected. Okay? Right. Interesting. Now, let me, let me give you something else here. Look at verse number three again. There's not, there's not only one bird here, there's two birds here. Mm -hmm. And they're very different birds. Wow. So we read the verse. It says, 
He had the sparrow that found the house, and look at this, and the swallow, a nest for, look at this, a, ne a nest for who? Herself. Okay? And then it speaks of, of the young as well there. But very interesting. Now, I'm not much, I'm not a bird watcher. The only thing I've, uh, I've done with watching birds is I've watched eagles because there's eagles around where we live. And if I'm wearing a hat that looks like food for the eagles, I watch them close. They've actually we raised chickens at our place. We've had chickens stolen off the property by eagles. They swoop in and they grab a chicken and they fly southward with it. And it's gone forever. All, so I'm not, a, I'm not a bird person, but I have read on, on the birds here. And a swallow, different than a sparrow. A sparrow is, what did I say? A sparrow is worthless. But boy, when you get saved, see, we're, we're compared to sparrows. We're worthless. Till we get saved, then everything is different. Then we're worth it to Jesus. Jesus, hey, think about this. Jesus gave his life. He died, bled and died, and was buried and rose again because you are important to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in church this morning and, and understand that? But the swallow, the swallow is a migratory bird. In other words, it spends much time in the air, a lot of time in the air. And it returns to the, it's interesting, a, 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 a swallow can be out there forever and fly around, fly all over the world, and eventually it comes back to its nesting place. It's very interesting about, uh, about a swallow. And the, the, the reading I did from what they call birders, it returns to the same nesting place normally uh, that it's been for the beginning of its life. It can fly up to 200 miles or 321 kilometers for those who uh, live, live in that world uh, with, without stopping. It, it can fly a long, uh, a long ways. That's a good way to get to Florida in the wintertime or California, I guess, up here, Arizona. However, this is very interesting. Uh, birders say... When, when a, uh, a swallow lands on the ground unexpectedly, in other words, they weren't planning, it's one, this is fascinating to me, it's one of two things. Either it's been injured or something happened to make it fall. There's something wrong. Maybe been in an accident or it needs help. Mm. Wow, does that speak mm. to me right there? Sure. What does it say? Let's look at the verse again. Verse, I'll read partway down for the sake of time. And the swallow a nest for herself. Notice that. Remember I said but injured or something happened. And the swallow a nest for herself where she also, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. So not only uh, does the, the swallow, perhaps something happened and that swallow is that maybe it's a storm, maybe it's an injury, maybe it's attack. I don't know, but the thing lands. Mm -hmm. And it lands there. Interesting, it lands there at the house of God because it's been injured, because it's been attacked, or because it's in some kind of trouble. Mm. What's that sound like? That sounds like us. Sure. Huh? When something, how many of you, how many have been injured? Well, okay, we've all been injured by sin, sure. wounded. Sure. He was wounded for our transgressions. He took our wounds. Yeah. He was bruised for our iniquities. So very interesting, isn't it, here? That uh, it's interesting that the, the, uh, this bird would conduct itself that way. Remember, we were actually, uh, uh, three years ago, we were up in Kelowna where uh, one of our sons lives, and, and uh, my uh, granddaughter, Elise, found a bird out in the yard that had been injured. 
and she brought that bird in the house. I mean, the, I, I think it might have been something like a, a sparrow. She brought it in, cleaned it up, bathed it, put it in a, a towel in a box, and took... You, you know, this is interesting again. You know, this is scriptural to look after the birds. We'll look at that in just a moment as we get ready to close here. But it's very interesting because this sounds like many of us. We need help. We find help. Where do we find it? Down at the church house. That, that long-for place, that loving place, a place where we learn and so on. And see, it's, it's no accident that this is in the Bible. It's providence. Now, you need not turn to it, but we, we see here... We see here a worthless bird, little bird. We see a wandering bird. But we also see, if I can say this, we see a very wise bird because she took her young and laid them down at the church. Mm. Can I say this? There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with working with your children to get a scholarship. There's nothing wrong with maybe buying your children a car. There's nothing wrong for a savings account for your children. But there's nothing more important than the local church. That's good. Just saying it. The swallow came down there, a place where she can lay. This is not this is not by accident that this is in the Bible this way. So you need not turn to this. You can if if you uh, want to. But Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse six and seven. God made provision. God spoke peace to the birds. This is interesting. This is in your King James Bible. If a bird nest chance to be before thee in the way or on the ground, whether they be young ones or eggs and the dam, which means a female, a mother, sitting upon the young or upon the egg, thou shalt not take the dam with the young, but thou shalt in any wise let the dam go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest prolong thy days. Mm. Just saying, folks. Just saying that this is this is not an error. This is right. God's word we're talking about this morning. Very, it, it may be a little bit uh, complicated for you to understand, but the truth is that God laid out something that we could see and learn from in the Old Testament. Isn't that interesting? So the best thing you can do for your children is to bring them down to the local house. Amen. And then I'm going to skip over one other verse, but uh, the thought I quoted the verse a while ago: "I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord." Can I say this? It's a place to serve. Where are you going to go to be able to serve the Lord and accomplish something with every moment of your time? Did you know the folks that set up this building, they're serving the Lord? The folks that run the PA, the folks that play the instruments, the folks that set things up, the folks that, hey, the folks that go out and invite people to church and you're working on various projects, the folks that help the pastor, you're serving God. So you see, down at the local church house, you have a chance to do that. It's a place simply to serve, to serve the Lord God Almighty, huh? So what a place the church is. Now the Bible, I skipped over something, the Bible speaks of, it speaks of the valley of Baca there, and that's, that's some trouble, that's some weeping. But very interesting, you can check this out on your own, but very interesting, it talks about, it talks about uh, rain coming from heaven and rain coming up out of the well. Very interesting. So down at the church house, you've got, you've got blessings. Rain is a, it's hard to say rain is a blessing in Vancouver. It's hard to say that. <laughs> My feet are like webs now. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is you, you get blessings down from God, but you, hey, would you admit with me this morning you get blessings from the church? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Sure. And also, very interesting, I learned this as a, as a kid, 
because we lived in an area, rural area, where there were wells and so on. And uh, I've, I've heard these stories several times, but I've seen it with my own eyes, where you, you go out, you're out in a faraway place, a desert kind of place. There's no water anywhere. There's no lakes. There's no rivers. There's no streams. There's no nothing. And it's hot out there. And you'll see an old well. And uh, you go up to that well, and uh, it, it, you, you start to pump it. I don't know if any of you ever, I'm really dating myself now, but you pump that thing and nothing's coming out of it. Nothing at all. But you look around somewhere, you might see either a glass or a jar of water. And a little sign on the thing. If people are smart, they'll say, don't drink the water. Use it to prime the pump. And then you and the next person can have a drink. So what I'm saying by that is this. You go through the difficulties. Who in this room would say, I've never had a difficulty in my life. I'd like to meet you. You ought to write a book. But the truth, we've all had difficulties. But let that difficulty, let that challenge, let that crisis, let that obstacle be there to help others along life's pathway. Prime the pump. Amen? We've all been there. And that's, hey, you're going to get that down at the church. Okay? I trust this morning that this, these thoughts are helpful to you. I'm going to close my Bible so I do keep my word and close up the... Kevin is about to turn off the recorder there. No, <laughs> just kidding, Kevin. I got to get back at him because he called me an old man earlier. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, my. But listen, folks, there's, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's no, and, and by the way, I'm saying it because the Bible's saying it, there's no place like the church. No place. I hope that was helpful this morning. It will help you. Trust in the Lord. Oh, I talked about leaning. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not, lean, there's a word. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct the, your paths. What you do for God is up to you. Where you do it is up to him. That's why he leads the path. That's why I'm